Hello, everybody, and welcome back to You Are Good Enough. This is your host, Kimberly Bell, and today I am excited to share this time with Mary Jo from Soulful Revolution. Mary Jo is a tarot card reader on YouTube. She has a huge following. She has 98,150 followers today. I think that she is pushing towards getting to 100 here shortly by the end of the month, and we're in April. Mary Jo is actually been making video for a really long time. She's a former TV news producer with NBC and Good Morning America. That was back in the 1990s. And in 2016, she was working hard at creating her own agency as a marketing, a marketing video content creator when she made the big shift towards becoming a YouTuber. And she finally answered the calling of 20 plus years towards her tarot passion. So Talking daily with her guides, actually, Mary Jo has been for a really long time, since maybe she was five or six years old, and she finally began to listen to them. She followed her heart and actually started the YouTube channel, and she feels as though her job is to channel information to help others transform their lives and go into the direction of their dreams. Her philosophy is when in doubt, ask yourself. This is a fantastic question, by the way. Is what I'm doing loving and loving to self? Always choose love over fear. And with that, I would like to welcome you, Mary Jo. Hi, Kimberly. How are you? Hello. What? I'm sorry. Hi, Kimberly. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. So I'm I'm excited. I've been following you. Not sure how I stumbled upon you. Probably, you know relationship stuff, which I think a lot of people probably find you, right? Looking for different ways of getting ideas about our feelings and thinking about what could happen in the future and all these questions that we have when relationships don't always work out. And it could be family relationships as well. But I I feel as though you do a lot, you're a lot more relationship based. But I want to ask you a question. So Can you help our viewers, for the viewers who might not be familiar with tarot, I kind of want to demystify this in a way. I kind of want to take away the stigma of tarot because I realize that what you're really tapping into is your intuition. Mm -hmm. So if you could tell us what you feel tarot is or what would be your explanation of it. I always feel people ask me a lot because I actually um, in between doing the new in the news business and in between, you know, building my own agency, I worked for large agencies in New York and in Portland, Maine, which was an awesome place. And the question I always get is, you seem so normal. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you doing this? And I have to say, I started learning tarot in 1997 with a teacher of mine, Jean Fiorini, who is just a, a marvelous a fantastical teacher. She's incredible. And she's in Portland, Maine. And we made, recently made a pilgrimage to England and do we did a lot of uh, holy sites and spiritual sites. It was just kind of an amazing, amazing journey. And when people ask me what tarot is, sometimes I'm like, those cards are a crutch because you don't need the cards, really. Mm-hmm. Um, the cards are a reflection of your own intuition. When you look at the spread laid out in front of you. 
I could I could easily have five or six different people looking at a spread and they're feeling it from a different direction. Now, my philosophy is that tarot is all about the question you ask. And that comes from my journalism background. Everything is about the question. Am I asking the question that is really going to get to the heart of what I'm looking to do and or looking to know? And tarot is a way simply for you to work with your own intuition. It gives you um, support. In my view, the cards actually give you support. Many, many, many times I have been the recipient of the message, you know, you don't need the cards. And I still like them because first of all, I'm a visual person, obviously, with video. And second of all, I think it helps other people when you tell a story they can see the progression. Sometimes if you're not offering a visual aid or a story aid, my my request to my guides is always, please give me the imagery, whether that's a card or it's a story about when Harry met Sally or it's a story about you know what's going on in, in public life or anything like that to illustrate what is going on. That's how I feel as a teacher or a guide. It needs to happen. It works better that way because people then go, oh, I see. I totally get it. And so to me, the cards are a way of helping me navigate messages and channeling that I am doing and helps me go like, I know when it's when I'm what I'm saying is working or when I'm what I'm saying is clicking for somebody. It may not make any sense to me, but it makes sense to somebody when I feel like a little thump in the middle of my chest. That's my little intuitive hit. And, you know, a little bit of spirituals and things like that. But the cards, when I see the storyline, it's just so beautiful. Mm -hmm. right? And I mean, tarot has been around since the 15th century. Um, it's something that uh, came from Italy in the 15th century. And we're still using the same, basically the same imagery today. The Ritter weight deck is the, is the foundation of all of this. You can get a lot of different decks. You can do a lot of different things. But having that foundation in history and seeing, you know, sort of reading old texts and how things were interpreted, it's very interesting to me and helps me in my current time. So I hope that answers your question about what is tarot. It's kind of a big question. No, I, you know what? Thank you. That was, that was great. Because I can say, right, I'm a visual person as well. Mm -hmm. And I love your voice. Okay. So <laughs> thank you. when I watch you, right? I get the visual. Mm -hmm. um, I get to hear your voice. So that totally works for me as well. But the cards that you use are beautiful as well. I do love um, this Barbara Moore deck. I am a little partial to it. And she has, it's called Tarot Made Easy. It's kind of not a good name for a deck, but okay. And it's lovely. And that was the first, I've actually, this is my third deck of this particular one because I've gone, I've rubbed it raw. And, um, so I've used it many, many times and I brought it, I did bring it to England and, and funny you say about my voice, a woman in a store in Glastonbury recognized my voice from the channel. That's crazy. I know. She was like, do you have a YouTube channel? Like, yes, I do. Oh my God. That's so cool. I know. It was amazing. And the person who was with me was like, seriously? Like, <laughs> that is really funny. I know. Well, I know. That is, that is just, that's, that's really cool. It sounds like an amazing trip too. That's like conversation for another time. But uh, yeah. well, let me ask, let me ask you this. Is there anything that came out of that journey that you took to England? Was there one thing that you would like to share? 
I do think that what came out of it for me was the uh, the understanding of my philosophy, which was that the question is the most important piece. Mm-hmm. And when I said that to my teacher, when I said that to Jean, she looked at me and she was like, wow, that's right on. And like she hadn't even and she'd been doing tarot for 35 years or something. Right. And I I said, well, as a, as a former journalist, I feel like you only get one shot sometimes to ask somebody a question. And when you're doing a tarot reading for somebody, that's the thing I find that people have the most trouble with is Mm -hmm. what is the question I want to ask? And a lot of times it's because they want too much information, but where do we start? And so how I remedy that is I say to them, if you could walk away from this with knowing one thing, what would that be? And that usually gets people to the point. Mm-hmm. I love it because you're, you know, it's kind of like you're going to the root, right? Absolutely. Because you want your client, right, to walk away feeling satisfied, like they got the information they came to seek, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like this is a situation where I think people who have some kind of resistance to tarot may not understand mm-hmm. that you are co-creating with the universe. This is merely, you are in the, you are in the driver's seat. Those 78 cards are not driving this. You are. And when people start to understand and they they understand that they're the ones co-creating, because a lot of times one of the last questions I ask is, if you're unhappy with this outcome, would you like a few cards to say, what could I do to change this outcome? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they're shocked. And they're like, well, you can't change anybody else. And I'm like, that's true, but you can mm-hmm. change your own behavior. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you can. You are 100% in charge of that. So I want people to feel empowered by it. Right. Um, and know that they're the ones really driving it. It's really a reflection of your own intuition. When people sit down with me, the first thing, you know, I'll, I'll ask them about the question. We get through that. I put out the cards or whatever based on what they're asking me. I choose a layout. And then I ask them when they're looking at the spread, what jumps out at you? Because they may know nothing about tarot, but people are enormously intuitive and they also sort of pick stuff that's going to be the thing that's the most important thing for them randomly. I mean, people just right. know they just they're mm-hmm. they're in that moment. They are open to their intuition and it always comes through that way. Yeah. That's really cool. And that is empowering. And you know what? It is. It's a co-creating tool, you know, in a, in a sense, it gives you different versions of now, how would you, how would you describe, because you kind of got me thinking for the person who's not familiar with tarot or feels like, you know, it's like, you know, witchcraft or whatever we want to call it. I mean, no offense there, but you know what I mean? I mean, we have these old programs and ideas running. So we call things certain things. And so how do you, so we would describe this and, you know, you can correct me here as this, you're a conduit for information. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So you're a conduit for, for information and the cards that you are using are actually the tool that you use to help show your client or your audience, if you right. will, mm-hmm. the storyline. Yes. The past, the present. And perhaps the outcome. It's right? remarkable how that is an alignment. Uh, so, I mean, almost 100% of the time, it's remarkable. It is crazy when I watch you that it does happen that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it, it's funny. I just love 
how to the point you made this all, you brought it all down to the one question. Absolutely. And that, and that is what, what do you want to walk away from this knowing? So yeah. that's, that's great. Okay. So good for everyone to hear. So I, I want to get into it a little bit more here with you personally, because you know, I'm looking at your bio here and I can see that you've been involved with some big jobs and you look like a normal person, right? You said it before. Yep. You're a normal person, yep. but you are intuitive and you're saying, hey, you know what? I'm finally going to honor this. So what I want to ask you about is how did you, before I get into your aha moment, because I really want to know that, I'd like to know how you discovered your intuition. Like when did you first discover this? It's so interesting to me because every single person listening to this, everybody has it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we all have it and we are all, um, I believe anyway, I'll speak for myself. I'm not going to speak for everybody else, but I feel that because of our well-meaning families and lovely communities and fantastic schools and all that kind of stuff, I'm not going to disparage any of that. But I also feel like it's not a value that is uh, revered in Western culture. The feminine energy has been fighting back for a really long time to, to balance out the masculine. That's what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. And one of the hallmarks, one of the central strengths of the feminine energy is intuition. And this idea that this is something that it has a special place is simply not true. All it is, is a matter of being open to it. And people can call it whatever they want. I mean, if you want to associate it with, um, you know, going to a particular church on Sunday and, and, you know, walking through that door, hundred percent. Awesome. I was raised Catholic. I do not believe that there is any, there, there needs to be anybody between me and God. Okay. Mm -hmm. I believe that there is a direct line and we all have it. We all have intuition. And I do believe that it is scared out of people. It is, you know, sort of thought to be something to be frightened of when in fact, you know, when it's used and when, when it's used to the benefit of a person or a group of people or whatever, it is highly revered. When someone has a lucky hunch and they, you know, win the lotto or when someone has a, you know, when someone has a thought about somebody and they keep their child away, good, good, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. do it. And right. I think people don't understand that all you're doing is you're sort of, you know, oh, it's, it, well, I, I, I must be wrong about this. I, here's my offer to you is really start to trust that. And start to sort of write it down when you have feelings about things. Start to notice how often you use your intuition in your daily life. You use it all the time, mm -hmm. all the time. And just because it's not something that, that is, you know, considered normally a, you know, a job skill or something. But you know what? It really is. Steve Jobs was one of the most intuitive people around. That yeah. Apple is literally intuitive design. That is their brand. So when I'm out there in the world doing my normal life, whatever that is, those kinds of experiences, I found myself relying more and more and more on being intuitive. And when I built my own agency, we were booking guests on CNN and Fox and um, ABC and things like that. Guests for the Sunday shows, guests for the weekday shows. There's a lot of, as you might 
as you might know, there's a lot of cable news, a lot of time to fill. So mm-hmm. we were, uh, myself and my uh, partner who used to work for CNBC, we were doing that. And I found that I felt that it was getting more and more negative. It was very, much harder and harder and harder for me to be in that experience. Mm-hmm. I felt the people I was promoting and the, the, you know, who were paying me, I felt I didn't want to promote mm-hmm. because I felt that, you know, I was all of a sudden emerging was more of a philosophy, more of a way of life late in my life. I mean, I'm 53. So late in my life where finally it's Mary Jo gets to decide what is her philosophy. You know, I was very well trained by a very, high powered family. My brother's an attorney, a banking attorney. My father was a CEO of a big company. My mother was a chef, very high powered, high achieving, all of that. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. More power to you, you know, all great. Yeah. But the 20th century was one thing. Now we're moving into this age of enlightenment, this age of awakening. And that just had no luster for me anymore. I literally couldn't do it. hmm I literally stopped. It was like an engine that hadn't had an oil change in a long time. And I really went to a conference in Dallas and I was doing video for all these companies. It was a huge job and it was, you know, all of this stuff. And I was so drained by it. Coming back in the airport, I was looking around YouTube. I had like two hours to kill and I found, I find Tyler and I found Sal and I was just like, I could totally do this. I've been doing this since the nineties <laughs> and I know how to, I know how to create audience. I know how to, uh, you know, be on camera. I've been teaching anchors for 20 years. So I thought to myself, cause I was never on TV. I was never on the front side of it. And um, so basically I just was like, you know, I'm just going to give this a shot and see what happens because I literally couldn't pick up the phone and call one more client. I just was not interested at all. And I thought, well, one of two things is going to happen. This is either going to work or I'm going to go bankrupt. (laughs) And I'm okay with either one. I just didn't care. I just, I was like, okay, well, if that happens, I'll clear the decks and I'll start something new. I'll find something new to do. And so I didn't really think it was going to be the tarot thing was because if anybody said to you, oh, hey, by the way, get rid of that media agency. Just let that slide into the ocean. Why don't you start reading tarot on YouTube? That'll be way better. And I just was like, I, you know, I don't know what my family is going to I don't know what, but you know what? I stopped caring because I was like, I love this. And this is what I've always loved to do. This is the thing I spend my time doing when I'm not doing anything else. So I like the idea of having impact on people. I like the idea that people get empowered by it. I like the idea that we laugh and have fun and that it's not, um, scary. You know, it's like you are totally in control. You are in charge of this. And that's really my message to people is, you know, this is a way of helping you navigate. So I'm in this place of, you know, tarot as a spiritual development tool, uh, as a personal development tool. And I really, my new, the next layer of the mission here is I want to help people get stable. Okay, because I feel like a lot of times when people come in and ask me about relationships or whatever, they're looking to relationships, I think, to stabilize them when in fact they should stabilize themselves. Truth. Because then they can make choices that are based in love and not about money or about anything else, not about. And I, you know, I I, that has worked in spades for me. 
really has. And so I feel like that's like the next leg of this journey, which is about helping people become, you know, their best version of themselves, their best stable self, happy, joyful. And then that you attract in those relationships that are, you know, absolutely the higher vibration love that higher we have. vibration. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, totally, totally agree. Do you want to say anything else? Because I just wanted to. Uh, well, I mean, you asked me about my aha moment. You... I did. So I was going to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was that in the airport? Was that one of those I'll moments? You I'll tell you something. Honestly, um, the bankruptcy thing was really scary to me. And what was going on at the time was I was taking in money and more money was going out that I was taking in. There was a lot of money going in either direction. And it's hard to stop something. I do not ever want to create a job I want to quit. Okay. And that's what I did. And so I told you my brother's a banking attorney and um, he's, he's a very, you know, prestigious guy, you know, big deal, whatever. And he was going through a cancer scare. So he was more he was less his corporate self. He was more human. And Mm -hmm. so he yelled at me and he saw everything was what was happening. The the finances were a mess, everything. He saw what was happening and he kind of yelled at me and I was like, you're fired. And this is my big brother we're talking about. He was stunned. And I said, I'm going to do this my way. Finally, I'm going to do this my way. And I went and I spoke to a woman attorney and we talked through everything and it just gave me some kind of peace. Mm -hmm. Her, Her approach to it was like, no sweat. This is what we're going to do. ABC. Don't you worry about any of this other stuff. And for some reason that just completely freed me because I had someone who was walking beside me, not someone who was telling me what to do, but someone who said, you're in charge of this. You're empowered to move forward however you want. This is how I'm going to help you get where you want to go. And that was the message I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was in August. The thing in September happened in, in Dallas. Yeah. But that aha moment of I am free, because of course I'm a Sagittarius. So freedom has been the goal for everything, right? That's the goal of everything. It just gave me license to try something mm-hmm. that I probably wouldn't have done with my I'm a responsible grown up hat, right? But right. when it started working, it started working almost immediately. And within, I started in October, by the end of the year, it was already producing quite a good amount of revenue and also a lot of followers. Yeah, very fast. Wow. Very fast. So uh, fast forward a year to a year, and I told my brother what I was doing. And he said, well, I have three words for you. Keep doing it. Aw. (laughs) And that was it. Like, I still think he doesn't get anything about this, but I also know that he sees the change in me over yeah. the course of the year. And, and that's a beautiful thing. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that is really cool. So is it fair to say, because I wanted to ask you about the, the fear. Um, and so the fear was the bankruptcy. It was the financials. Oh yeah. Right? It was the place you had taken yourself and going to see her was the perfect action for you telling him no. Yes, because I mean, as a big brother, he's 11 years older than I. And so not only I looked up to him my whole life, but also very respected in his field. It was, you know, I just just came out of me. I was like, I'm not going to take this. And so having that kind of like I'm standing up for myself kind of a thing and I'm going to do what I'm going to do and have it work out so beautifully 
uh, honestly, I felt like right away, right when I did that, I felt it click into this place of like, you're following your heart. Good. Keep going. Keep doing it. Right. Keep doing it. What he said is right. Keep doing mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there's I nothing better it. than that feeling. I followed it. And I think a lot of people, you know, when I started my marketing agency, you basically look around. I started the marketing agency because in 2008, when every, all the banks fell off a cliff, remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was working at a big agency and we went from 450 employees to 30 in two weeks. And this was in Maine. I was director of client service. And so I was, I just looked around, you know, I, I had some money. I sold my house back to my, my husband. I got a divorce all within the same like three month period. It was unbelievable. And I was like, okay, well, I have a little money from the house. What am I going to do? I'm going to take the skill set I have, which a lot of people do. They take the skill set they have. And they apply it. And what I didn't pay attention to was I didn't care anymore about that. I cared about people. I cared about having impact. You know, I cared about those things. And I didn't know any other way to uh, move forward. So I did what, you know, this is what everybody does, right? This is what you do. And it wasn't until I finally got to the place where I ground to a halt when I understood that I wasn't feeding myself at all. Mm -hmm from this experience, it was really, I was finally to the bottom of my own well, and I had to change it. Luckily, it wasn't a health scare. It was a bankruptcy scare. It was a money scare. And so I took that opportunity as an off ramp and was like, you know what, from now on, I'm going to do something that has impact on people. And that's something that I love and enjoy and is fun and brings me freedom and brings me the capability to live the kind of life I want. It is that in spades. Absolutely. And so I have a question for you. Like, so that's a different value. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, the external value, right? There's the temporary, like what I call happinesses, you know, like the money and the vacations and food or whatever. And then there's like the internal, the peace, the freedom, right? Those those, you know, intangibles, but so tangible, <laughs> they're right. invaluable, right? Correct. Correct. To be able to live in a way that is empowered and to actually have impact on other human beings and to be able to help them empower their lives. I mean, well, and wow. I want to say to you, one of the things that was the most interesting that came out of this for me, and I talk about this a lot on the channel, I know that you know, we're, we talk about abundance and people think of it as money, but it's more than that, right? Just what you're Mm -hmm. saying is all of those things. But I have to say, there is a weird, it is weird. There's a weird break in the spiritual community about money. There's a weird view of money. And I also know that that's one of my things is look, have abundance, Okay, you cannot help somebody else if you're wondering where your next meal is coming from. You just can't do it. There's no way. And when I was worried about that, um, I didn't ever do anything that was against the client. But I know that there is a possibility for people to go down a road and recommend projects and tens, tens of thousands of dollars in video, you know, because the project needs to happen because I need to eat and right. that yes. kind of thing. So. I feel that getting stable, this is why I'm going down this road of helping people with abundance and expanding into their own joy, because that is where abundance lives. And Mm -hmm. I feel that most people resist. I mean, if you want to call this, I, you know, I don't know what you want to call this career, but if you want to say, 
this is something that is off the beaten path or is not, you know, not mainstream, 100%. But it's also in alignment with my mission on this planet. Right. So I really want to say to people, be just be in alignment with what you're here to do. Mm-hmm. And the abundance will flow because you'll be, you'll feel the alignment to it. And then people will want to be around you. People will want to hand you money. It does, it does work like that. I swear. And the way to do that, you know, there's, there's, we're starting to do a lot of things with North Node and, and following that path that really is your path in this life. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So there is a feeling in the spiritual community that if you make money, that you are somehow less spiritual. And I right. think that's a lot of hooey. I agree. In my opinion, I think that's based on the idea that a central institution wants to create the money for itself and have followers. And I think that if the central institution would create abundance for its followers, then everybody would be on the same level. And I think there's a bit of <laughs> hubris when it goes along with that idea. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, I I totally do. No, I agree. And, you know, you and I definitely have a very similar message because, you know, my whole thing when I work with people is to help them with their, I don't necessarily use the word intuition, I do, but I use it also with internal navigation system, you know, beefing it up, helping them realize and, and feed self first, you know, and when I have a couple who comes to me, you know, they'll say, how do we make this better? And I said, Truthfully, if you both work on yourselves, yes, your relationship will prosper Agreed. in ways you never knew was possible. And it, yes. it comes from self-responsibility and really feeding self, loving self, as you say. And do you know what's so interesting about that is I remember as a little kid, I told I think we talked when we talked before, I told you I'm an adopted kid. Yes. So, you know, an adopted kid, there's a little extra bit of, hey, they can always send me back kind of feeling. More Um, than a little extra. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little (laughs) little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so what what I find so interesting about this is that you are very, I definitely was very well trained to be very polite and to be, you know, what's what kind of behavior is going to get me what I want and things like that. And usually it was being polite and being, you know, quiet and less spoken to and, you know, all the things that go along. My family is very fifties, even though I was born in the sixties and they were, you know, it was correct. I mean, there were, they weren't wrong, you know, but what they were also teaching me was to take other people's feelings before mine as more important. And, that to me is really what has kept me from following this voice um, all this time and also kept me from, you know, really seeing my path forward, mm-hmm. honestly. So you have to really understand like that big picture of being able to be selfish. Okay. Selfish gets a really bad rap. <laughs> it's a different kind of selfish. It's, it's I would say it's, a, it's the other side of selfish that we weren't looking at, right? Correct. Because if everything is love or fear, there's only two things. There's love right. and fear. Right. And when selfishness is related to fear, then it's yeah. in it's in negative relationship to other people. When self, looking at self and thinking of self first out of love, then what you're doing is you're creating a fountain, a well of love that goes inside you. So you have stuff to give to other people. If you're always giving it to other people first, there's nothing left. Right. So you're helping people in a, in essence, helping people to learn that instead of looking outside of themselves, you got to focus on the inside first, take care of that, fill that up, nurture Amen. that, and 
then you can have the bounty of everything else. Amen. Yes. And honestly, I found um, a lot of these uh, high vibration relationships and I definitely have experienced, first of all, I was the masculine energy. I'm more masculine in this life. The person I am connected to is definitely uh, working out of his feminine side more often. And it's very interesting how confused that becomes when we're talking about living in high vibration and in a relationship. We've both had to expand into our masculine, feminine balance in a balanced way. So um, I'm going to call him Mike because that's not his name. So um, Mike and I, what he was definitely somebody who is way more normal than me. Air quotes normal. And uh, he was way more normal than me. He has a very, very, very normal job. And so this kind of energy just kind of blew him away. And I will say to you, I've also experienced something that I don't think most people are going to experience. And that is, I have an original twin who has opted out of the relationship. And this person who's come in is the high vibration, almost exact match of that energy, but in a more loving way. Wow. And I didn't realize that that was possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't realize that, that was possible. I didn't realize. And it wasn't until I understood when I did the North Node charts, the astrology charts, I understand now that my original twin, his job is to be a monk. In his past life, it was all about relationship. And in this life, it's all about solitary. Wow. And so for me, I was like, does that mean I'm a high priestess? Does that mean I am on my own? And I've been working with someone who's very, very knowledgeable. Um, I will say Gold Ray Twin Flames. I don't know if you got, if you know them, Mel. And he um, basically helped me understand my own, through my own intuitive process, that I can make a choice. See how empowering that is? Yeah. I can make a choice and I can say yes to the universe. I want a partner who is a near vibrational match to that high vibration original relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening. It's happening right now as we're talking. This month into next month is going to be a very powerful time. I already know it. Are you talking about people on? So I just want to say, because for the view, for the listener, actually, who's listening to this, they may not know what twin is. So could you explain? So this is a love relationship. This is a very deeply connected spiritual relationship. Sometimes we call it soulmate. Sometimes we call it twin flame. And today on one of your videos, you said, I'm going to call this high vibration. And I too, totally understand what that kind of love is. I've experienced it, but please go on if you could explain that. Well, it is, it is a little bit controversial in that. And this is the part that bothers me. That's why I don't talk about it that much. The part that bothers me is that it becomes like an elitist thing. Mm. And, Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the 20th century, from, from my own study and from my own information through, you know, the forties and the sixties and the nineties, there were waves of these original twins sort of, um, brought to earth, you know, born into this earth. And the reason it's really happening at that time. And now is that the twins are now incarnating at the same time. And there've been twins throughout centuries, but they would incarnate at different times. And it just wasn't a thing. Now we're moving into this age of enlightenment, this age of, of ascension, And it's really our job, and I have been shown this many different ways, it's my job to hold a torch over my head and hack through the jungle. That's my job. And I look behind me and there's more and more people every day. And that's what the twin energy is about. I talk a lot about 
being the lighthouse, not the storm, you know, being the person who is anchored in, in spiritual development and being the light in the world. There's a lot of negativity in this world. And it is those who are awakening to their spiritual ascension, those who are, you know, wanting something bigger, better. Is this all there is? A job at the Hartford Insurance Company and, you know, <laughs> two dogs who I, who I think are awesome and my car. Is that really it? And with the wave of millennials, millennials are really going to change the world in the way the baby boomers sort of left off. Millennials are also, I love millennials because they are so native to being open and intuitive. I know. Isn't it beautiful? It is beautiful. And they are, there will come a time, probably in my lifetime, I hope, I hope, where there will be no more lying because we will- I believe. There's no reason to lie because I can see right through you. Yep. Um, but yep. right now we're at the we're at the moment in our history where there are as many as many enlightened people, maybe less than there are. I call them blocks of wood. Okay, mm-hmm. people who are blocks of wood who refuse to open up to the idea that there is vibration. And effectively, science, physics is working on all of these things about multiple uh, universes and. Um, the fact that we're just particles, we're not solid beings. Like there's all these things that is going are going on in the actual science sciences. They're oh, yes. bringing spirituality and science together. Yep. Okay. Well, they're finally realizing that now, right? It's always yeah. been, but we're finally realizing yeah. that everything's right. It's always been yeah. that way for and for whatever reason, for the last you know fifteen hundred years, two thousand years, whatever. There's always been a group of people, a small group of people who wanted to be in charge in a hierarchical way, right? In a hierarchical way. And, you know, that's a masculine paradigm. You know, women are much more, have much more flat needs. We, we are much more communal and we're much more relational. And it's much more about intuition and our feeling. And when I was, even when I was working at some of those big agencies, when it was women, there was a distinct, more interesting, more open. And look, guys too. Guys, this is not just about, oh, I, you know, men can't do this. That's not true. Some of the most uh, intuitive people I know are men, the ones who have embraced it, kind of interesting stuff. But that's, I mean, the twin energy is, uh, the reason I say it's, um, it can be elitist sometimes is there's some lore floating around that there's only 144,000 twins on the planet. And I, you know, from my own edification, I believe, this is my belief and what I've been shown, that because the original twins came to earth in the 40s and the 60s, other people can access the template. Anyone can have that high vibration love experience. Anyone. I agree. I, I agree I don't with like that. the whole elitist thing of 144,000. I think that's, I think that's counter to what we're trying to do, which I is great because it's, it's yeah. segregation it's separation. Once yeah. again, we're not here for duality anymore. I think we're here for union, <laughs> right? Uh, yes. Yes. And indeed. In all ways, union in all ways. Union in all ways. And me, the union of your own self. And I have found that very strongly where I have, you know, have this more masculine side. My more feminine side needs to allow other people to be on a date and other things. But the, but the, the, the money thing needed to get fixed. That needed to get fixed. And I fixed it. Yeah. And, And that's such a good point too. It's like, People always think, right, because we have been focused on the fear-based lack program, 
people always think that in order to be complete, I need you, I need this, oh, yes, I need that, right? And, and it's truly the opposite of that. The truth is when you, when you kind of, I don't like to use the word fix, but when you heal, when you love yourself, yep. okay, yep. and you're brave enough to look at the money issue and say, I need to own this now, right? Yes. Yes. When you take the time and you do that and the yep. healing does happen, it's like something kicks in, something clicks in, you feel it, you feel different. Like those words that you, you know, the action you took, the words you said, and absolutely, you feel them in the pit of your stomach, you feel them in your center. And no question, no question. Yeah. You're like, yeah, no question. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, so I'm looking, I know that we've been going here for like 45 minutes and it's so funny. We've gone in so many different directions I that I just I feel like we <laughs> elevated this whole interview. I'm so excited. One thing I will say yeah. is that I, I would like to, and I know I mentioned this to you before, I would like to come back and do something on relationships. Okay. Absolutely. Something to help people realize what the old model of relationship looks like, which most people are familiar with. Yes. Comparatively speaking to those of us who have experienced the authentic love relationship, right? Yes. And it is, it is so interesting to me before we, you know, I don't want to do the whole thing right now, but the, the thing that I'm, the thing that I'm understanding is that our 20th century template into the 21st century about what marriage is or all those things a lot of those decisions or a lot of those couplings are based on a lot of different things and maybe not even love, you know, they're know. Based, the decisions or the couplings are based on, you know, there's, there's, there is a money consideration, obviously there, there always is. I gotta say, yeah, there was usually that. And also I will say, I feel like it's based on insecurities. 100%. Okay. I agree. Who's, who's going to take me being 20 pounds overweight. Correct. Correct. And my time, my watch is running out. So you're the guy. <laughs> That's right? true. And, and you know what I find, I'm finding really interesting is that I've done hundreds of private readings and a lot of the second marriages, the one where, you know, you have, you know, maybe a seven year old or 11 year old or something like yeah. that. And they do too. A lot of those marriages are formed for the children. Like, so we can have a stable home life. And, and that's a lovely thing. Right. But then when the kids go to college, there's really, I mean, there wasn't a necessarily a love relationship. That wasn't the primary reason for us to get together. So now 10 years down the road, what do we do? Cause there's not, there's like, we've been, we've been co-parenting, you know, we've been co-parenting and we haven't really, I mean, boy, a lot of the people who started off and didn't have kids and had kids together, they started off in love. Most of them did. And that even failed when they weren't paying attention to their relationship. So you can imagine when somebody started out in the second marriage and it was really about the kids, that was the priority. And right, that's no foundation. The relationship, yeah. right? Then, uh, you know, when we get to that 10 years down the road, there's going to be a, there's going to be a bump in the road big time. Yes, no, um, definitely. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing about relationships too is, you know, I try to help people understand it's not anybody's fault right? That's not what this is. This is about an unveiling of the ascended love relationship is the way I look at it. It's like we had to see, right? You have to see how yucky everything is before we can get ready to change it. And all the negativity and all the things that no longer serve have to come into the light in order. And and most of the time, 
you know, and I, I think we're seeing this in a lot of different ways. People don't change until the pain is great enough to change. Oh, it's and so true. There's just yeah. no, I mean, it's just the way it is. It's not that, you know, anybody's incredibly lazy necessarily, right. or whatever. It's just a lot of people find change extremely difficult and scary. Terrifying, um, right. Yes. And so I see, I talk to a lot of people who are looking for and this is the thing that tarot may not be your tool. If you're looking for some for a uh, an answer that is a hard and fast thing, that's mm-hmm. not what it's there for. It's there okay. to help you navigate and explore, and you know, open yourself up to new ideas and things like that. And how might this work out if I go this direction? And but you are always in control and in power. And sometimes people don't want to be in charge; <laughs> they want someone just to tell them what to do. Well, don't you think that's the majority? I mean, that is the way we've been living from tell me what to do. I'm going to do it for you. I mean, that's been been that's so funny because me as the little adopted kid from Berkeley, California, dropped into a Connecticut family of, you know, very high achievers. I'm the one who's like, hey, I don't want anybody telling me what to do. And they're like, what what do you mean? That's exactly what hierarchical thing is supposed to do. And I'm like, no, I don't like that. So but you live in Connecticut now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, right. So, but you know, what? Like, everything is useful. And that's the thing yeah. I've also learned is every single experience you have, um, we label them positive or negative. It's not inherently that it's neutral. Every single experience is neutral. If you're labeling it negative, then it'll be negative. So it's about what can I learn from this? If you can pull into that objectivity, what can I learn from this experience? Yes. And truly embrace that and be like, you know, instead of embracing the fear around it, then I feel like you're on your way, really. Yeah. And, you know, it is a marathon. You know, it's it, it is a marathon. It is a journey. It's not a sprint. We're going to keep learning. Life's going to keep being Forever. life, right? Yep. Forever. 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 I need people to know this because yes. it's like, okay, can we just make this okay so we can move on? No, I'm like, no, we can't. Yeah. We can't go back, and we can't go back. And honestly, most of the kids who are born, I think it is after '85 or after 1990, are going to be 100 years old. I mean, this is we are expanding our life yes. expectancy in a big way, and so it's sort of like when you're 53, you're only half done, right? So think about that for a minute, and right. we're also not coupling with people for out of fear-based ideas anymore. I really feel like millennials and the, you know, the generations after that are going to couple for different reasons. We're just here to help the people who are transitioning from right. Totally. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. That's That's right. That's great. Okay. So is there anything else? I I don't know. (laughs) I think I've asked. I mean, I think there's always going to be something else, but this is, this has been awesome. I really appreciate it. I've enjoyed it a lot. Look for our next interview. Not sure when it'll be, but we will definitely do it and it'll be more relationship based. Yeah. We'll talk about the old model of relationship and compare that to what the new model of relationship looks like and how can we start transitioning to that place instead of really being paralyzed in fear. Because like you said, Mary Jo, that's what a lot of transition and change brings up. It's the fear of change. So so where can everybody find you? Okay. So the primary uh, place is on YouTube, obviously. Um, Soulful Revolution on YouTube. You can find me there. 
Um, I also have a website, soulfulrevolutiontv.com. And we have something called the Empress Club, which is about high vibration relationships. You're welcome to come to that Facebook page. It's called the Empress Club. And you have to answer a couple of questions just so we know where you are. And then you get admitted. So there's about 3,500 people in there right now. It's a good place to come and ask questions and post experiences and things like that. And then also in mid-May of this year, 2019, we are um, releasing a tarot for spiritual development class. And that you can find more information on the website about. So uh, soulful Re- soulfulrevolutiontv.com and that class will be there. Okay, that's really cool. And so that so that class, do I have to be familiar with tarot to be able to do this class? Actually, the interesting part about the class is I have I have recorded videos. I taught this class last fall, September, October, November, December, and we learned a lot of what people mostly wanted to know. So if you're brand new to tarot, you will get a good foundation in tarot. You will be able to expand your awareness of the deck and also spreads and, you know, basic things like that. But if you've picked up and put down a tarot deck for the past 20 years and you have some awareness of it, my job in that tarot class is really to teach my philosophy and the question piece that we talked about earlier in this Mm, this mm -hmm. show is a big focus of how I teach. and what I try to impart to people as they, you know, sort of expand in their tarot journey. It's never really over. You know, I mean, we always learn more and we are going to do some live Q and a every single month. So people can come on and ask their questions if they're enrolled in the class. So that's how that's going to work. And, um, it's self-paced. There's a ton of videos. There's a ton of resources. There's quizzes and there's spreads and all kinds of cool information. And then you can come on the lives and ask questions. So that's that's what that is. Okay. That's awesome. People can find you in a lot of different places. Yep. And, um, and of course, you know, yeah, you said YouTube, but that's where I found you. Um, (laughs) And yeah, and and, uh, it's great. So, so anyway, so I want to say thank you to our listeners and I look forward to having you back, Mary Jo. We'll talk about relationships. And uh, everyone have a wonderful day and I will see you soon.